Glory. Special episode of Joel's Jazz Bar. The chill out sessions. Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Father God on the bass guitar. to exercise your spiritual senses at the piano bar. Gotta get used to practicing the presence of his glory outside of religious activity, especially outside of prayer or anything formalized or organized. So it becomes a subconscious activity living in the glory cloud. Your head is the cloud. Fresh injections of glory from the cloud rider. says that Yahweh rides upon the clouds. Passion Translation says Jesus is the cloud rider. What makes a cloud? How did Elijah grow a cloud full of rain from the size of a man's fist to a whole harvest for his nation to be saved. To heal all the agriculture of a nation, which was all the finances of a nation, through a cloud. It's the word believed and obeyed to the end, out of the invisible until it's made visible. It took him three years. Hanging onto a word in the invisible realm for three years. 
And the beginning of the answered prayer started very tiny because the seed emerges beyond the veil like a sapling. Not like an oak, not like a redwood, just like, really? That's my answer to prayer, God? I thought you are a big, powerful God, the big, powerful, humility God, to expand your faith and understand true power. Enemy comes with the roaring storm, always outlandish, totally absurd. Jesus comes in silence and secret like a thief in the night. Is he going to the party? No, then shows up secretly. He didn't send out invitations to everyone saying, the Messiah will be in Jerusalem at the disco party. It's like, I'm not going. Then shows up secretly. God was speaking to me all afternoon about humility and pride, and I love it. To me, it's the most accurate description of the two trees in the garden. And he said that humility is the identification or the ID, citizenship, that a person actually belongs to the kingdom of heaven. Your humility is your ID card of citizenship in heaven. And pride is the ID card citizenship of the kingdom of hell. Hell is all pride. Heaven is all humility. And the mixture is being burnt out of you tonight. So if we get anything tonight, let it be an increase of divine humility, which is the glory of God. without the sting of death attached to it. Everything else has sorrows. Scripture says, but no sorrows be added unto the prosperity of humility. But all other forms and types of success will have sorrows added unto them. Because pride comes before a fall, and the fall is the sting of death, that you build yourself up and there's some type of trading that goes on with your blood and some system, some exchange of energy. And it's all self-promotion, self-protection. But the humility of the Father is actually the grace of the Lord Jesus that builds you up by the Spirit's building. And it has no sorrow attached to it. And there's no fall attached to it. So what the Spirit builds the Spirit sustains. But what we build, what we do, the Spirit does not sustain. So that's why you want your works or your ideas and opinions constantly tested in fire, lest we labor in vain. Most people in ignorance 
do Christian activity out of appearances and knowledge, which is the tree of knowledge and appearances that Adam and Eve ate from and died. Because that's what's common to man. That is what the earth sees as Christian religion. But the heavenly religion of the glory of God has a completely different operation in everything. And it's based on humility. The expansion of the human spirit, your eternal man. And so it's always bypassing the brain and energizing the heart for a greater crucifixion of the brain, which is demonic influence from the earth dimension of the fallen angels. Until the fallen angel's pride is crucified. And that's still a daily thing that we have to practice. That's not something you say, I have victory in. You're a liar. That's a constant practice of the cross. <laughs> no one can stop that influence except the crucified Lord, the crucified God. See, that's what shuts down the demons from fueling our brains with thoughts, opinions, and ideas, with works, and how to be good, and how to appear good, which is all satanic influence in the nations. And so the influence through the cross becomes the Holy Spirit, the spirit of humility, which only works within the lamb inside your spirit. And only the lamb inside your spirit has the ability to hear God the Father's words. There's no other creature in all creation that can hear God. You are not capable of hearing God. Jesus, inside your spirit, hears God. You are simply the passive dependent recipient of salvation. And your passivity and dependence is your actual maturity and accuracy of knowing Him on the inside. The new covenant is between Jesus and his Father, and you're invited into the love triangle of the Trinity. And you add zero to God. Exactly zero. You don't take anything from God, and you cannot add to God, but you can be an expression of the love triangle to the measure of your humility. So we want to come into a place of perfected humility. So it's him in me you see, humility. What is your promotion? What is the increase of God's glory? What is the increase of your influence in the nations? Humility. Growing in humility is growing in the glory of God. Every step, every stage, you're tested to see if you'll take credit or if you'll acknowledge him that it was his cross that killed you a little more 
and the Father could shine through your heart another degree. The truth is he won't share his glory with another. God doesn't share his glory with you. God kills you and takes over your body and it's him inside you who's the glorious one. So in order to gain glory for the self-nature, you have to come into covenant with the fallen angels and that's what they promise you. Glory. Remember, these are fallen cherubim. They're cherubim of the glory. Lucifer was the head glory angel of all the glory of God. So they're very familiar with glory, but it's stolen glory, it's false glory, it's vain glory, vanity, vanity glory, chasing after the wind glory. All the glory of the world is vanity. All of it. All the glory of the stars are vanity. All of it. Whoa, it's true. Only the glory of the bright morning star is not vainglorious. Now what I'm saying is, what is creation without the creator? Romans 1. They decided to be vainglorious rather than actual glorious. Exchanging the glory of the creator for the glory of the creature. It says that. So they want the glory of the stars and the sun and the moon. They lift up their heads to the heavens. They don't do it in the resurrection. They do it in the occult. They want the glory that comes from men, Jesus said, which is religion, the praises of men. So everything on earth is about glory, people. There's literally... A tree of life and a tree of knowledge, and both offer you glory. One comes with the sting of death. One will make you taste your works. Sometimes not while you live, but after you die. But the other one is a smooth path of living water. It really is, because Jesus paved the path. He says it's easy and light, but outside of his path that he paved for you, it's hard and difficult, full of thorns and thistles. Can you get into the Lord's way, which is humility today, and start soaring in every way? Can we be Christian disciples disciples of the oil and butter see a Christian is one who walks in the way of oil Christ refers to the anointing which is a liquid a Christian is a liquid one Christ is butter Job 29 oil and butter is the way of the Lord. When my path was laden in oil and butter, that is called the Christian way. What Job experienced in his days of prosperity 
is to be the walk of every Christian disciple because it's the walk of the anointing, the oil, and the butter, and the fatness, and the goodness of God, the prosperity of God's soul shared, for, shared to you in liquid form. So we're getting liquefied, and you just take your bones and your brains and your blood and your flesh and your skin, and it becomes a boat sailing on the oil. This is very much like a horse, and it can become a white horse that your spirit rides upon. Riders of the white horse, Joel's army, Revelation 19. What is a rider on a white horse? And I know there are multiple layers of every verse in the Bible, so let's go into some different revelations of the same verses here and expand our glory in the Word of God. Your flesh has the potential of surpassing a pale horse, the flesh of death, a black horse, a yellow horse, a red horse, and all the abilities of the flesh or man and the rider of the horse is the spirit. Not God's spirit, your spirit. Now the leader of the rider of the white horse is the spirit of Jesus. That's right, because he has flesh and that's a white horse too. But he's the firstborn amongst many horsemen. Are they horsemen of the apocalypse? Apocalypse means in Greek unveiling. So they're, what are they unveiling? The flesh. There's an unveiling of the flesh, the removal of flesh in its power, which is sorcery and witchcraft 100% of the time. And the full maximum potential in transfigured form, according to the Holy Bible, of human flesh, bones, and blood is to be a white horse. The full potential of the human mind, the brain, and the maximum amount of throne room glory of God the Father is to be a white stone. And I will write a new name upon it. Where? It even tells you right here on the forehead. So the new name written on the forehead. Definitely one expression of revelation of that verse, and there are many. There's not just one interpretation of scripture that's insanity that's total religious mental illness there are seven layers of revelation to every verse in the bible and so we go deeper in the living water and the water itself the spirit who inspired the prophets unveils or apocalypses the word so we go deeper in the waters as we go deeper in understanding Understanding costs you all your darkness because you're going deeper in God. Understanding costs you all your pride. Pride is madness. It cannot understand one thing of the Father. It cannot hear the Father. It could never obey the Father. The lake of fire is the lake of your humility. The very salvation of our souls is the torment of those who reject humility and you've seen them tormented around your life ever since you've been a disciple they try to pull you away from growing in divine humility because you're torturing them 
you're splashing them with a lake of fire. Wow. So maybe heaven is actually hell to those who don't give up their pride. Yeah. Hell is simply an atmosphere absent of the Lord Jesus' humility. You'll find it common with every man, woman, and child on the planet. They're exactly divine to the measure they are humble. They're exactly satanic to the measure they are proud. And so a wise man will throw himself into the Father's lake of humility and be tortured and throw up and gag and cough and choke and reveal they're evil. You know, Paul did that. Paul been an apostle planting 20 churches. They said he had 10 million people in his churches. And he's telling his churches in his latter writings he's the worst of all sinners. <laughs> oh, great. And they're like, man, we're following the worst sinner in the world. Yes, they were. Because humility sees the condition apart from the substance of grace. There's no blindness caused by pride. There's no blindness caused by gifts. Do you realize the gifting of the pride of the workers of iniquity was their ability to do that which was irrevocable? Jesus said they'd still go to hell. I tell you what, if we don't keep our gifts on the altar, we'll serve demons with our gifts. What are you here for? What is the meaning of your life? Only God the Father. You need to get a vision for your whole schedule in life serving the Father and then that will organize your life you heard of day planners and organizers all of it is sorted out by your resolute decision for all of your natural realm your world your soul your time to serve the Father. Then it becomes very crystal clear what you're here to do. And it starts with growing in humility because you realize real quickly, wow, I can add nothing unto this God. But maybe he could add something unto me because he's everything. That is a healthy position to put yourself in. That's the place of actual spiritual growth. I have watched for years people receive revelation. Knowledge puffs up. So we receive revelation and we become something in revelation. We become something in ability. We become something. That's error and pride. 
I must increase and they must decrease, says the Lord. <laughs> what is the fruits of the Spirit? The increase of God in the garden of your heart. I tell you the truth. Everything you're growing in your heart that's not out of the Father's heart is thorns and thistles. Sand. Building on sand. We want to build on the solid rock. It takes a miracle to grow out of a rock, doesn't it? That's not something that a human farmer can do. <laughs> but we've built upon the rock. How? By yielding our soul to an invisible God and letting his unknown nature be manifest. Simply a yielding of control to the power into areas of him that are completely unknown to us. So, what is faith? Submitting to an unknown God, an invisible God. Can you allow angels in the Holy Spirit to build upon Christ in you? You have to learn how. You have to learn the ways of God. Unless the Lord builds the house, you're the house. The laborers are laboring in vain. And so we're perfecting the priesthood of the new covenant by a completely and totally circumcised hand and a circumcised head. Remember, the two parts of Jezebel that were left, dogs didn't eat the head, dogs didn't eat the hands. Why? That's reserved for the new covenant, and Jesus allowed it to lick up the final dross of the kingdom of hell's ability inside Christians. Not the world, only Christians believe in prophetics. Remember, Jezebel is a false prophet, meaning you have to believe in the prophetic to even have a Jezebelic church. <laughs> you have to be charismatic to even begin entertaining the highest sorcery of the kingdom of hell. Wow, that's true. That's why so few have overcome her, because so few are even prophetic to have that possibility of Satan's highest demon. And it's in that place of conquering Jezebel's head and hand that you begin to enter the promised land by the crucifixion of your total Christian ability. See, it's the Christian ability that dies in the head and hand. Your Christian works and your Christian Bible verses, that's the old covenant getting fulfilled in the new covenant. Christ is our head. Father God is our outstretched arm because Jesus said it's the Father in me that does the works. Father, stretch forth your hand to perform miracles, signs, and wonders and to glorify your servant Jesus, the apostles prayed in Acts. The Father is the hand. Jesus is the head, the rainbow, the promise of Noah's ark that you would have Jesus as the headship of man when Jezebel's head is renewed by the washing of the water of the word through Christian believers in the far off future. That's what it's all about. Those are the last finishing drops of the temple.
which is the human flesh. You get the heart all nice and warm and dandy. You get a wonderful heart. Doesn't mean the head isn't just a total demon. We've seen that a hundred million times. Good intentions is the wide path to destruction. We need Christ screwed on our shoulders. Submission to the head that is Christ. The rainbow throne of the line of the tribe of Judah. Seven blazing torches before his throne becoming our very hands sent out into all the earth to do the works and the will of God the Father. I know people have opinions about what the seven torches before his throne is, but aren't those the torches that do the works? Why before? Because the Father served the Son, did the works and performed all the powerful works through the Son. He went before him. Your God goes before you, and he is your rear guard. The Father went ahead of Jesus. He was in front of Jesus, performing all the signs and wonders, promoting his Son, the temple of the Holy Spirit, the very first temple of the Holy Spirit, first born from among the realm of the dead, which was religion, external temples. You realize that? What was the realm of the dead? Churches. Now that's accurate. The realm of the dead was the transition from serving in buildings made by human heads, hands, now to becoming the temple. I don't serve in the temple, now I am the temple. That's actually the resurrection of the dead. Truth anyhow. Is it a rebuke for religion? Yes, it's a rebuke for Satan. Is all church demonic? Does all church fall short of the glory? What about all the good charismatic stuff? Does it fall short of the glory? Is it exactly on earth as it is in heaven? Matthew 16, have we gone up the mountain of the Lord to be in the cloud? Or are we still building sandcastles? Nice, beautiful sandcastles with amazing music systems, excellent teaching and preaching, but we're still an earthly bride and not a heavenly bride. Practicing earthly church instead of the church of the firstborn in heaven. It's all about elevations. It's about all about transitioning out of the earth into the heavens and practicing church with an open ark called the Tabernacle of David. What there was no walls. What is the kingdom age in the day of the Lord called in the Bible? Tabernacle of David. There was no temple because the people were the temple. That's what all the nations are transitioning to. Most people just completely missing it. Let them miss it. Those who miss it will have to watch. They're not interested in what God's doing. They're too deceived by religion in forms that look good, gifts that are irrevocable, in preaching sound doctrine that isn't what God the Father is even saying at all. What does it mean to be a minister? Ephesians 5.1 Like good children imitate their father. Copycats. People are like, oh, you're not original. There's nothing original under the sun. Solomon told you that 3,000 years ago. Comes from God. 
God's the only original. You are all imitators. You are all imitations of God. And let that kill your pride because it's scripture. Like well-beloved children imitate their father, Ephesians 5.1. So you learn to copycat the father. And the deeper you go in his heart, the more you are aware of what he's doing and saying. Because you live in his heart. What is ministry? What is the speaking of the rhema word of God? What is the fresh bread from heaven? What is the sheet of fresh revelation that seems unclean but has the ecstasy of God in it? Peter, arise and kill and eat. But Lord, I've never eaten any unclean revelation. I'm stuck in this box of what I think is good, clean and unclean, kosher, unkosher. He says, do not call unclean what I have made clean, meaning revelation and greater freedom outside your little Jewish box. Come on. You're not stuck outside of crustaceans. You're like SpongeBob now. Underwater, sponge it up. Kill and eat. I have cleansed the world. It's our religion that keeps us in the lower degrees of glory and there isn't a person here or there or anywhere that's not still overcoming religion. That's the very curse of the fall. And that's the very pride of the fallen angels that still influences all of us to different degrees. And you have to keep it under check, which, which is called, I die daily. <laughs> and there's a humbling of self and a conviction that comes upon our hearts when we see there's so much more available and we do have a lot more to grow in. Even with all the wisdom of the prophets that's down here, that's come through men, he has saved a much greater humility for last. It's required. If you are to manifest the glory of the Father, it will not come without the full crucifixion of the Lamb of God in your hearts and minds and flesh. Right here. Crucify our hearts with Christ. The Lamb of God is the only one who will ever see and receive increase from God the Father. You know you never will. See, it kills the ego, the brain, so that the Spirit is the receptacle of God the Father. Because Jesus lives in your spirit. If anyone is joined to the Lord, they're one spirit with the Lord. It's Jesus in your spirit that receives promotion or spiritual growth in the tree of life, rising in its degrees, glory to glory on the inside. Growing in the divine nature, Paul says, I labor amongst you tirelessly until Christ is fully formed in you. What does it mean to have Christ fully formed in you? Perfected humility. The Father has become everything, and all I am is a thankful jar of clay. Amen. Maybe you can grow to the place of 40 years of amazing scriptural apostolic ministry like Paul and say, and guys, your leader was the worst of all sinners. And people's heads begin to just burn. This man we've put on a pedestal is telling us he's the worst person in the world and he's not lying because he's writing it in the Bible. 
You know what it really means. The humility of the Father has revealed the human condition. The apostolic glory that Paul served the world required a total selflessness which he began to obtain. Ministering the glory of God requires a great and awesome measure of the Lamb of God. How do I feel the glory more strongly? I receive the cross more strongly, which is death to self. I preach Christ and Him crucified. Do you realize that's the mature meat of the gospel? The confrontation of the fallen angel pride deceiving you currently? The preaching of the cross? We need to mature beyond the cross. Listen, I understand what you're saying, but what the cross produces is the humility to receive a greater bread and stronger meat. The cross always increases as your bandwidth of the Father's glory increases because it's only through the crucified lamb that the Father can come to earth. The veil was torn. What's the veil? Religious pride by the death of a perfect man, which is the perfect humbling of a man unto death. Wow. What is it to be Christian and Christ-like? Your perfect humbling unto death, even on a cross, a public spectacle mocked. Do you live a crucified life? Are you a public spectacle mocked? Wow. Those that are not crucified are honored. Those that are crucified are dishonored because it's the glory of the Father confronting the religious pride. Light has come into the world, but darkness hated the light because it exposed their works were evil. What is John talking about in John chapter 1? Religion and the Father. That's the whole civil war in Christianity. The Father versus all fallen angel pride pretending to be Christianity. This civil war been going on 2,000 years, long before you're here. Many men and women of God have been burned at the stake because of this war. You pray in tongues would burn you at the stake as a witch. You bring in the glory of God. Peter says if you're persecuted as a Christian, it's for the glory of God because your light is exposing the hypocrisy of man's pride. Always called works. Being a Levite instead of the, the order of Melchizedek. Do you realize the difference between Levitical priesthood and Melchizedekal priesthood? That's what it is. That's the word used in the Bible. Levitical versus Melchizedekal. <laughs> what is it? Grace working versus flesh working. Remember, the old covenant priests had to do the works. Jesus said, the Father in me does the works. He's the first priest of the Melchizedek order. No longer working in types and shadows in flesh and blood, 
now working in spiritual realities, literally, you see the ghost, the Holy Ghost coming out as a being of light out of a man's flesh through the blood of the Lamb. And that ghost of light, the Holy Ghost of glory, goes and performs the works. Jesus laid hands on the young girl because Jesus grew. Talitha Kumi, I say to you, daughter, arise. Later on, he was just stacking up the death days with Lazarus because he had grown in faith. He laid hands on the dead girl, raised her up. Later on, it just took the spoken word. Jesus grew in his father's ability. Luke chapter 2. Jesus grew in favor with God, which is the Father's ability of His light to perform with angels what human flesh is no longer needed for. We are doing away permanently with the Levitical covenant. Old covenant works will completely fade away as angelic works from the throne of God come forth now in the day of the Lord. The transition from religion to Father God is final and set in gold. Humanity will cross that line by force. And the entire expression of Christianity will become God the Father's and no longer man's. And people will begin to see the Father and know the Father and serve the Father and enter the true priesthood of Melchizedek, which is serving the Father without types and shadows. Revelation 12.1, it's called standing on the moon. There's no more reflections. The moon is the reflection of the sun. Now you're clothed in the sun because you serve the Father face to face. Jesus' face is shining like the sun, which symbolizes I serve God face to face without religious shadows, without fallen angel pride. Every step of growth you'll have from now to eternity will be in all these things. This is your lifetime achievement award from God the Father. Faces like the sun, clothed in the sun, removing the shadows in yourself and everyone. What are shadows? Types, symbolism, demystifying the deep secrets of God. No longer having them just resting on our forehead like the old covenant but sinking down into our spirit and being made our flesh. The Word made flesh. The lion that's able to open the seven seals for fruitfulness. What's the evidence that the seals are open in your life? That the Word of God is blossoming with literal understanding of the Holy Spirit. A sealed word has no fruit. It's rigid, stern, strict, easily offended, full of the fallen angels. A person doesn't understand anything they read, you know? Like the eunuch from Ethiopia. How can I understand Isaiah unless somebody reveals it to me? But let's take you down into the water. Bam! And it's made alive. Glory to God. The water and the word 
make the scriptures come alive. And fruitfulness is the evidence that the seals are open, not in your brain, in your heart. And your heart grows up with the seed of the word, and the heart consumes the mind. Be transfigured by the renewing of your mind, by the washing of the water of the word. The fruitfulness of the word of God is evident in the 21 grams of your eternal spirit. You have loaded up your spirit with God's word. What's the evidence? The spirit now can come through the flesh and wraps your outer man called the armor of light. Or is it the armor of the fruits of the spirit? Is the breastplate of righteousness not just the fruit of the spirit that was able to grow and sprout and be unsealed from your spirit and get outside your flesh through the renewing of your mind? Through the burning of your heart in agreement with the word of God, believed and obeyed? The upgrades to your armor and your sword is everything that you've harbored in your spirit manifesting into your outer man. It takes a greater humility to have a greater harvest. The greater your humility is your ability to receive God's word and bear their fruit. <laughs> oh, it's the most exciting thing in the world. I'm only preaching to you the things I want myself, by the way. If we want to go deeper in Father God, this is it. This will expand what's the wineskin. Whoa. What is the wineskin? Your spirit. What can your 21 grams, when everyone dies, 21 grams instantly leaves their body. You can physically weigh the human spirit, your eternal spirit man. Scientific fact proven every single time a person dies, their body instantly loses 21 grams. To be absent from the body is to be present with God. Now, what can you do with your eternal spirit? What can you do with God living in the midst of you? Heal the whole planetary system if you put enough word in. You put the scriptures in your spirit, there's no cap to your fruit production. We haven't tested this. The knowledge of the glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, or people will open up their spirit to learn God's word in spirit and truth and become divine worshipers, tabernacle of David. True worshipers. Pillars in the temple of God. What's a pillar? It holds up the tent of meeting, holds up the tabernacle of David, holds up the open ark, the canopy of God's Holy Spirit, the marriage carriage of mercy and grace. This is a canopy that your spirit collectively together called the mixed wine of Proverbs and wisdom creates a new heavens and a new earth through man and woman's heart crucified with Christ. The gospel is the recreation of all creation. All creation eagerly anticipates the revealing of God's sons. Why? Because they're healing it from the bondage of decay, from the sin and the falling short of the glory. In which you uh, operate at your best capacity and which will then serve as an influence yeah. to uh, deter all these other things that, you know, that you're worrying about. So I figured, like, if I take care of the music as best I can with my truest beliefs, right. then all these other things will be affected as I desire them to be affected, as much as I can affect them. 
man. To become a divine influence. To become a canopy for what? Growing gardens. Growing trees. Your father is the gardener, so anyone who becomes like the father begins to garden cities and nations. All heart is soil, and our words fall like light rain upon tender mown grass. Moses and the Song of Moses sung from the top of Mount Zion, Revelation 15, an apostolic bride who has learned the garden works of God the Father and the ways of the Garden of Eden and how to practically use them as priests of the Most High God of the Melchizedek Order to garden all the hearts and minds and flesh and bones of the nations. In other words, maturity. Maturing in the ways of God. Coming into sovereignty. Clouds full of rain. Hey, if they can start to see the fist, you know the great awakening is just around the corner. You know what it took? Three years of perfect prophetics of prophet Elijah to get that fist out of his own prayer closet. And you put it the cave time in before you get the cloud time. And Jezebel, smear your reputation every day. Who cares? When the rain comes from the cloud, it all gets washed away. It all gets set straight. Every lie, every gossip, every slander, every accusation, every negative word, curse, and witchcraft prayer is washed away. All you need to do is stay faithful until the cloud the size of a man's fist is birthed from your spiritual womb. The womb of the dawn. Light makers and daybreakers, the manifesting sons of the womb of the morning star. And the cloud is your intimacy with the Father. Who are these that fly along like clouds, like doves to their nests? You. And the wings are covered in silver and the underbelly with gold. And when God confirmed his son, the dove descended upon him. He will confirm you as doves. We've had men and women in our community with physical doves come and land on their shoulders. How amazing is that? We've had the dove sign many times, but the most significant sign on my shoulder was the sign of the great white eagle. This was in 2009. We had just moved into the crack house, obeying God the best we could in everything. Everything was very difficult, persecution on every side, excommunicated out of my denomination for getting drunk on the Holy Spirit out of my control, just drinking the new wine. And 
you know, you think it'd be easy, but it was just so hard. And as I opened up our little Geo Metro's door, the door fell off into the street. So our, our only vehicle disintegrating in my hands. And it was in that place of total brokenness that all of a sudden I looked down to my left and there were shards of light piercing through my shoulder. And I looked up and it's Jesus Christ, the great white eagle flowing down 6th Street about 12 feet off the ground, and the Shekinah glory was so strong coming off the white eagle that I could see the shards of light piercing through my shoulders. And I watched Jesus as he flew down the street and then flew up 22nd, right up here. And he said, I'm going to bring my divinity through man. Six is the number of man, 22 the number of God, divinity, the keys of David. 2222. Greatly encouraged, we assembled the door, put it together. And that vision has sustained me to this very day. Amazing power is imparted into you when you see God. And even in the vision I just shared with you, some of you saw God. That was a valid seeing of God himself. You just saw God. And what happens when you see God? Purity in your heart. Sometimes it's the vision that will purify your heart. Out of the frustration of trying so hard to please him, here's my impartation. Come up a little higher in the light. Take heavenly flight and Jehovah's delight. They'll think you're crazy and out of sight, but that's all right. We're here to please the white eagle and not the crows. <laughs> Pigeon pleasers? I don't think so. The rarity of the great white eagle. It's a bird that doesn't even exist in the realm of the natural. It's so rare, it's like a unicorn. But it's the realest thing you've ever seen. When you soar on the wings of eagles, that's the eagle you're shooting for. That's the one that will take you all the way. That's the prophet of prophets, the king of kings and lord of lords. The spirit of prophecy, the testimony of Jesus. The great white eagle also represents the king of glory. He is the leader of Joel's army. He is the head of his body. And the eagle represents his omniscience, his all-knowing. And the white in the eagle is God the Father himself, burning through flesh, fully yielded to God. Why is he the firstborn from among the dead? He's the first one to serve the Father perfectly since the fall. And by his energy and impartation and those shards of light through your shoulders, he'll lift up your shoulders 
to put them to upon the very throne of God. The carrying of the ark. That's what he wants to do with you. And it's going to take an incredible amount of humility to do it. Burn us up, Lord Jesus. Let that fresh light pierce our bones. It's the impartation of that light that gives us the even possibility of carrying the Father's throne. <laughs> it's a visitation of Jesus himself that imparts the grace to serve God. No one can say, oh, today I'm going to serve God. Jesus said, no one comes to me unless the Father brings them. It takes a supernatural miracle to follow God. That decision does not exist within man. You never made a decision for Christ. He made a decision for you. It's true. Wow. Are you not the 12 I have chosen, Jesus said. Mm -hmm. Meaning, the act of being a Christian is based on God's sovereignty through you. The very act of being chosen and called is a miracle. The very act of approaching God is His miracle power working in your bloodstream to animate your legs in that direction. Do you realize how miraculous it is to follow Jesus? Is it not walking on water of the Word continuously? 100% supernatural all the time. Why? Because your spirit is supernatural. Do you ever have a natural experience? Never. There's no such thing as nature. Only supernature. Because we're no longer deceived. Because everyone is a spirit that has a soul that lives in the body. You have never had a natural experience. That's the darkness being washed off your spirit today. What is the awakening? The awakening is the supernatural getting through the natural, buried under soil and the dust of the earth. Daniel 12. And many shall arise. From what? Nature. Or being natural, which is being deceived or living under the fallen angels. Many shall awaken unto life. Many shall awaken from the dust of the earth. Daniel 12. Many shall come into reality. Many shall see God. It takes great work to stay covered by dust. It's not easy kicking against the pricks, Solitarsus. It's very, very difficult to stay buried after the great washing of the water is already here in the world. <laughs> when the water comes upon your souls, it actually takes work to protect your dust, to guard yourself from God. That's why they're stressed out and anxious. That's why they wear out. It's because you're protecting yourself from God. We think we're protecting ourselves from the devil. In my experience of 15 years of full-time ministry, 
the majority are protecting themselves from God. They'll allow a little bit of the water in, but only enough so they can feel his presence. A little sprinkle baptism. You have to come to a place where you need the full river of life in all your soul constantly. No self-sustainment. That's what maturity actually is. Thank you, Father, for getting us completely desperate to want your full measure of living water constantly. <laughs> I don't want to go into heaven and learn I was only receiving a thimble when a river was available. To live out of a thimble and the rest of it just idolatry and dust of this earth. Literally, the rest of it's all pride. The river is the actual impartation of the blood and water from his spirit side, the fountain of the Lamb. It's an impartation that flows from his throne, Revelation 22.1. That is God's ability being imparted into anyone who's sick and knows they need a doctor. Can you stay sick? Bunch of sickos. Shockingly, it's pretty easy for many in this tribe. <laughs> hey, if we're going to boast, what are we bo boast in your failures, in your total desperation, in your ability to stay sick, which is need a doctor. I'm not talking about Jezebel's diseases. I'm talking about desperation for the living water. If you are thirsty, he'll give a drink. If you're hungry, he'll give you food. If you knock, the door will be open. What are you knocking for? What are you thirsting for? Seek and you will find a greater glory. And what's the door? Rooms in your soul that have never known the light before. Do you realize there are still hundreds of rooms in the interior castle yet to be interior decorated? What is it going to take to perfectly glorify and transfigure your soul, which is remove death from your bodies? The full river. The full thirst for the Father. Jesus riding a donkey into Jerusalem on palm branches, chanting Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Here's the king of Israel, and everyone had submitted to him. He had gained the whole world, taking it to the cross. That's what it's going to take in every area of your soul. The full sacrifice of the world for the Father in you. The glorification of the internal soul for the external world to be added unto the crucified ones. That's accurately exactly what it will take for you to heal this world. And that's what you signed up for. And you will go all the way. And we have an understanding amongst everyone here together that this is our journey in life. The full glorification of our souls by crucifixion to self by introducing into every area 
every room of the seven interior castles the light of his glory, which is the humility of the crucified lamb. Revelation 5, 6, I saw a lamb standing on the throne, looking as though it been slain, having seven eyes and seven horns, which are the seven spirits of God, sent to crucify the whole earth, which is your flesh. I pray the seven eyes and the seven horns fill your seven interior castles with the crucifixion of the humility of the Lamb and confront all the darkness of our pride continuously so that we can walk in the fullness of God the Father's glory constantly. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We love you guys. I bless you in the name of the Lord. I bless your humility. I bless the cross and the blood of his cross to be sprinkled on your conscience for a greater conviction. In any area falling short, not condemnation, conviction, which causes the sword of the Spirit to dislodge the serpent's lies, the serpent's seed in those areas of our soul for the glory of God to come in like a flood, come in like a fire, come in like rain, come in like oil, and heal and restore our souls in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit Minneapolis.